Hey everyone, welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod. Here with ESPN's NBA reporter Maliki Andrews and our front office insider Bobby Marks. Guys, how are you? Good, Woj. How are you? Can't complain too much. <laughs> I'm, I'm great. Malika is in Orlando quarantining for the long haul. I can't put it any more simply than that. Malika may have the longest haul of anybody around the NBA uh, in the restart. Uh, and Bobby is uh, just down the road from the Raptors uh, on the uh, Gold Coast. Is that what we call it? Are you on the Gold Coast of Florida, Bobby? I, I am on the Gold Coast of Southwest Florida. And it's funny, was I, I was talking with Malika yesterday and I told her, if she gets to a point in Orlando that she needs help, I can send the helicopter in and we can we can rescue her out of there if she, if she needs. I'm only three hours away. So <laughs> yeah, I am here, but I, I know I cannot and get into that bubble-like environment. <laughs> we'll, we'll be billing you for the helicopter charge. <laughs> I have uh, – it's funny. I had a GM say to me, we were talking about the bubble, and he was imagining, like, speaking of helicopters – like one 2 a.m. helicopter drops into the into the lake that guys would be there pick, getting supplies uh, in the middle of the night, the little parachutes dropping into the water of, of whatever. So uh, exactly. Uh, uh, so we are now within we're in July. We are within a month now of presumably a, a tip off in Orlando and the teams are are just about a week less than a week from starting to several days from starting to fly down on the 7th, 8th and 9th and and we're getting guys a better sense not a full sense yet but a better sense of what the rosters are going to look like although you know I know we had sort of these arbitrary deadlines of you got to tell your team by June 24th if you're leaving teams had to send their well you had to You had to tell your team by June 24th if you were going to opt out. Teams uh, needed to send their rosters to the league on July 1. But what we found was those are really soft deadlines, that teams can add substitute players really all the way to the start of the postseason. And so we know there are still plenty of players deciding. Uh, There are still players testing positive almost every day in these cities, and that's in some cases, it's influencing whether they want to go. But given where, you know, from March 11th till we are to where we are today, Malika, the Bucks, the Clippers, the Lakers, the elite teams, who has gotten through this period based on attrition, the roster? Who, who do you think may may be in the best position going into Orlando? To, to sort of stay on course on that championship run? You know, I mean, what has stood out to me from the Bucks perspective is yesterday, or when I was talking to Mike Budenholzer on July 1st, he said that every single player, he hasn't heard anyone that is going to opt out, and every single player intends to go to Orlando and go to Orlando healthy. And with the Lakers, obviously you have Avery Bradley opting out for a very legitimate reason. 
with the Clippers, you have some players who were waffling on that, even though Doc Rivers has said he does expect uh, potentially a full team to be down there. And so that kind of unity that the Bucks have in terms of everybody deciding that they want to go, they want to be able to use their platform there, but also from a basketball perspective, having every single person there on that roster could be an advantage, especially over teams that are also championship caliber, but could potentially be missing starters like Avery Bradley, um, you know, and whether or not the Clippers are going to have a full roster is still something that they are waiting to see. But the Bucks, really, from talking to folks around that organization, they never really missed a beat. I mean, of course, they were locked out at the gym for a while, but I was talking to coaches who were having distance workouts with players throughout this entire time. And so that could be an advantage, especially when we talk about rust and sloppy basketball at the beginning. Yeah, I think, Bobby, the leadership the leadership of your great players in this restart is going to be vital. It's just going to be vital. And I've had a couple you – know, I've had some teams. The one word that you hear from coaches and the coaches who are trying to keep in, in front offices and, and, and the leaders on teams, like your team needs to have a purpose in Orlando. And I think whatever that purpose is, um, it's going to be really important to get things – to get teams through in the long run. And I, I, I think that starts with who your leaders are. Well, and I think when you look at, you know, certainly the three teams that you just mentioned, you know, each has, you know, two alphas, right? I mean, with, you know, certainly we can probably put Chris Middleton with Giannis and LeBron and AD and, and Paul George and, and, and Kawhi Leonard. And I think, you know, Brad Stevens made an, an interesting comment um, when he did his media um interviews this past week where he said we don't look like we don't look at what happens in Orlando as an extension of the season we look at it as a new season right so you're going to look at the uh when when they get to Orlando when they start their training camp it's going to be like part two of the the 2019-20 season and I think what happens in that two-week period where where guys are conditioning wise where they are health wise who can get through that relatively unscathed? Um, how teams handle um, the the seeding games? I know we've talked a lot about Lakers Clippers in that game one. It would be it would shock me if we're seeing guys play thirty five minutes like we're treating it like a mid March game, um, where we're almost going to see a little bit of an extension of um, you know where we see uh, an exhibition. And and you're right. I mean, we've got twenty two teams in Orlando. Not everybody is there for the same purpose. There are the teams up top that are trying to win a championship. And there are teams like um, Phoenix, Washington, um, who are there uh, to get their younger players better, to put them in a a position where, as I say, there are meaningful games um, to put them in some type of playoff type of um, atmosphere. Yeah, I think – San Antonio, for example, without LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, this is a team that my sense is they're going to use this as a develop. This is a developmental month for them. This is Lonnie Walker and, uh, you know, their young players uh, are going to be at the forefront of how they approach this. And this is, I don't want to call it a glorified summer league. But, Bobby, this is a glorified summer league for some of those teams who I think – and I think there's a couple of them. And I think especially, too, if a team quickly gets in a position down there 
whether they lose a player or two or whether they lose the first couple of games out of those eight seeding games and they go, we don't, we're not in position here to get the play in, to get in the play in. You're, you're going to see them very quickly um, start sitting their key players of trying to avoid injury and just saying, let's get out of here without um, compromising the start of next season. Yeah. I mean, I think Washington's probably a great example. Um, you know, although, you know, the team in, in, uh, in front of them, Brooklyn has certainly some key injuries and they maybe can catch them. But I think if you see Washington go 0-2 or 1-3 and right off the bat, I it would surprise me if we see Bradley Beal um, at, a, at extended minutes or minutes at all for those remaining um, remaining four games. And, and, and you're right, it's, it's, you know, for some teams, it's a combination of summer league, uh, preseason, and then the regular season, right? We kind of take we take all three and we put it in into one. Um, where that you know San Antonio is a, a perfect example here, where um, they've got you know with Portland and New Orleans, Sacramento, they're all bunched together. Where you know if you don't get off to a good start, um, you are going to be playing out the string of games with with your younger players. It, it's funny. I want to get to Brooklyn with Malika, but. Being that this is in Orlando, Bobby, and if we start seeing guys getting pulled, you know, sitting, guys could get sent home with minor injuries or, you know, organizations might, they could take care of guys and send them on their way out of the bubble uh, once they've sort of fulfilled the minimum amount of time you have to down there. It'll be interesting to see how the league handles that in terms of of paying, wanting to pay players based on the reasons they would leave. But you, you, you were in the league at a time when there, there was the Orlando Summer League, and there were years with the Nets. You were down to four or five guys at the end, and what would happen? Yeah, I mean, we uh, back when Orlando and, and Vegas was just starting out, I mean, Vegas wasn't, you know, they didn't have 30 teams. So what you would do is, when you put your summer league team together, you would make deals with agents that um, they can share a team in, in Las Vegas. So you would you'd have them for three games and then they would fly to Vegas. And there was one year where uh, we were 0-4 or 0-5 and, and I would go to Orlando and then I would leave midway because free agency would start. And I got a call one morning, it was a Thursday morning um and from from our guy, our scout, or might have even been um, you know, Avery Johnson, who was the coach, saying, "Hey, we we only got three guys this morning. <laughs> you know, we only got three guys to play a summer league game." And so I remember calling the Sixers, um, and I think Rod Thorne might have been down there, and it's the fans game saying, "Hey, can we borrow four of your guys to get through?" <laughs> and, and and what what happened was, and you know, those are different than NBA rules where. They were like, yeah, sure. I mean, because four of their guys were maybe not playing as long as the agent was okay with it. But yeah, you were basically sharing rosters with uh, with another team. And I don't think we'll get to a point. Hopefully, we don't want to get a point, and I know it won't be allowed. Where you know, um, you know, Portland is have to borrow Devin Booker and, and DeAndre Ayton just to get through. I don't think the commissioner will allow that. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you. I mean, especially where how the rosters are expanded to seventeen now. Um, but those are the type of situations that you will see at where guys will start. Um, I don't know about defecting because there is a, a financial component to it, but certainly guys sitting out, um, you know, if there's nothing to play for. I mean, Malika, think of what just, a, uh, I don't know, maybe a month ago, I lose track of time. 
in this in 2020, but maybe it was a month ago, six weeks. 137th, so that makes sense. We're, we're just at the 137th day of March at this point. Yeah, exactly right. Think of what people were talking about with the Nets. It went from, hey, could they possibly get KD and Kyrie back in Orlando? Could they? I mean, think about this. Hey, guys, instead of trying to have to play 100 games to win a championship, 82 regular season games, and then, you know, 20 plus in the playoffs, how about you guys go down and play eight regular season games? Right. And then get in the playoffs, and you could backdoor get into the finals. Um, in 30-some-odd games, and not only are there will be no Kevin Durant, there will be no Kyrie Irving, uh, there's no Wilson Chandler, as he told you over the weekend, and DeAndre Jordan has indicated that he won't play. Spencer Dinwiddie has suggested that's possible for him. Right. I think there, there are other players on the Nets, as we know, who are evaluating what they're going to do. What, what, Malika, what is this year – what do you think – did, did the Nets make any progress this year? Did, was there anything to be gained? Does this feel like a, a, a lost year for that organization whose championship we, – we knew they weren't going to have KD. Right. But, but we didn't imagine a scenario where they would legitimately fear at the end of their season struggling to feel the team that includes anything but what, we'll, what we're going to call substitute replacement players. Well, there was a sense, right, that at least, at the very least, the Nets were going to be able to work on bring the the supporting cast, if you will, around Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving together. Because you still had DeAndre Jordan playing for them throughout the season who wasn't on the team before. You had Torian Prince finding his role within this team. You had Garrett Temple. Um, and then you had, you know, the longstanding guys like Joe Harris. But the thought was that, the, the others, the Kyrie Irving and everybody else was going to be able to, everyone besides Kevin Durant was going to be able to figure out what this team was going to look like. And then Kevin Durant, because he is such a great player, can just slide into that lineup. And we have seen so many iterations of net starters that I have lost count. And by the end of the season, when they went on that nice little streak before the break, Wilson Chandler was starting. Now he is not going to be in Orlando. Uh, DeAndre Jordan was starting over Jared Allen. DeAndre, like you said, has indicated he's not going to be in Orlando. Spencer Dinwiddie was starting. His his uh, ability to play in Orlando, he has said, is, is up in the air right now. Um, so at least three of their starters are not going to be or might not be in Orlando. And then you look at, okay, well, maybe it's a chance for their, their really young guys to, to get some minutes. But Nick Claxton, their rookie this season, just had season-ending season ending shoulder surgery. So he <coughs> might have actually gained something from this time in Orlando is um, not going to be with the team anyway down there as well. And so now you have um, – really like the, the, the Chris Chioses of the world who you don't know whether or not they will have any deep, 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 deep bench role with this team next season, uh, likely not, that are going to be playing in Nets jerseys. Um, it, it's very possible that you're going to see a lot of minutes from guys that mean nothing in terms of the fact that this is not a group that they would necessarily be moving forward with because they're finding so many injury replacement type guys. Uh, they're converting two-way players just to kind of hodgepodge a group together to bring them to Orlando. So really, it's hard to 
know exactly what to take from this group that they're going to be presenting in Orlando, just because it's so vastly different from what we expected at the beginning of the season and what we expect to see next season. Yeah, and, and I think that what one thing that this restart was going to have value for was Jacques Vaughn. Right. Uh, he, I know people sometimes are treating Jacques Vaughn like he was named the interim coach when Kenny Atkinson and the Nets split up. But but he's not. He's the head coach. They didn't make him interim coach. And while I think the Nets are considering the possibility of a search, I would still give Jacques Vaughn – I would take Jacques Vaughn against the field right now. Absolutely. To, to keep that job. Now, he wasn't going to get the coach KD and Kyrie there, but you were going to get to see him spend more time with their key players. And – I, I thought that would be a benefit for him as, as Sean Marks kind of evaluated. Listen, you know what he has to evaluate. He's got to evaluate whether he thinks Jacques Vaughn is the right guy to coach KD and Kyrie Irving uh, and and lead that team uh, next season. He wasn't going to get a chance to do it with those two, but he was going to presumably get to coach everybody else, and that may not be the case. I don't know that that hurts his chances to return, uh, but I think it would have been helpful for all of them if he had more of the group together and he could have built those relationships as a head coach that are obviously different than as an assistant. Um, but, but obviously it's, you know, he's going to have uh, a, a limited opportunity to, to do any of that. Well, and it makes the criteria as, as Sean Mark was explaining when he was talking to us, um, he had said, Sean Marks at the beginning of all of this had said that they were holding off on doing any sort of coaching search because it wouldn't be fair. They genuinely wanted to see what Jack could do with this group of guys. But now it becomes convoluted as to what exactly uh, the criteria is for what they are evaluating. It can't be wins and losses, as Sean Marks said, because this isn't they're not expecting necessarily to make huge leaps and bounds um in the standings although they are seventh right now and they have a sizable lead on washington they also haven't beat washington during the season so there is some wiggle room there right um wins and losses can't be what he's evaluated on like you said it can no longer be does he have chemistry with these specific guys because those specific guys are not going to be in orlando so it makes it a little bit more um it makes it harder to gauge what exactly they're going to be evaluating. And Bobby, you know, I'm sure you have some thoughts on this because there are, there are no longer those wins and losses criteria or player personnel criteria that he can tick while he's in Orlando. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple things. I think certainly relationship building, right? What is his relationship with not just Kevin and, um, you know, Kyrie, but certainly those are the two most important, but down the roster, right? How does he relate to the players? It's, it's, it's a lot harder when you move over that one seat, right? When you're the assistant coach and you're kind of like that, that middleman between the head coach, now you're the number one guy. And how does that change? I think, how are you prepared? I think how he, how Jacques is prepared for each of the eight games um, um, will tell a lot. I mean, I mean, Sean will be there and he'll be able to see that, he, you know, you had a small sample at the end of the season. Um, and then I think that the third thing is certainly how, you know, there'll be an opportunity for, for Jacques to kind of, how is he going to build out his staff? What would he, what would he do as far as um, from a, um, from a coaching staff perspective here, but you're right. I mean, to gauge him on um, the eight games in Orlando based on wins and losses is not fair based on what his roster is going to be. 
Um, I think the one thing that I would look at it is if I'm, if I'm sure Marks is that there has to be a, a comfort level that Jacques is going to be my guy because I don't want to get to January of next year or February and figure out this does not work. And now we're starting this process all over again. Um, we went from Kenny to Jacques and now we're going to coach, uh, uh, you know, uh, the third coach in the, uh, in the KD and, um, um, and Kyrie uh, tenure. So I think there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I think Brooklyn is interesting because, you know, even if they go winless, <laughs> they're probably still going to make it to that eight seed because of where Washington right. is. And that, you know, that we know that pick goes to Minnesota. I mean, in hindsight, the best course would be them to keep that pick, but unlikely that's going to happen. So I think there's, there's a lot to, um, a lot that Sean's going to have to evaluate in the next couple months. Um, but a, a real, a real funny story real quick before we get on to the next thing, but I've known Jacques Vaughn for a long time. I, he, uh, when I was in New Jersey, he played for us there and I, Jacques broke his foot, um, when he was there and I had the opportunity, opportunity to scrub in to surgery during Jacques foot when he had foot surgery. I did not, I didn't, I did not perform the surgery. I only have a bachelor of arts from Marist, but I do not have a doctorate, but I got to see the actual screw put into the foot during a surgery. So Jacques Vaughn and I go back a long time and we have this bond that I was actually scrubbed in <laughs> to a surgery. So I hope it works out for him. You know, this is not an easy situation because as you said, they had, they had the win against um, the Lakers before the, the, we, the season was postponed. Um, they had a win against, I think, Chicago on that Sunday right after Kenny had been let go. And you started to see things turn around here. And now you go to Orlando with really a skeleton, a skeleton group. Well, and they were, yeah, they were on a three-game winning streak when the season stopped. And some of that, Jacques made some tweaks to their lineup. What did he do? He, he is Jared Allen had been starting over DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan went back into starting lineup. He may not be in Orlando now. He swapped in, you know, Wilson Chandler was starting for those three games when they were three and up. He's not going to be in Orlando now. Those were some Jacques Vaughn lineup tweaks. That didn't happen before. And so he's going to have to be even more creative this time. Yeah. <clears throat> Listen, ultimately that that's a, I don't want to simplify it too much, but, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, if you can build a relationship with them, if they want you to be the head coach, if they trust you as the head coach, you'll be the head coach of the Nets. And otherwise, it's like any other team with two, you know, all all NBA level stars. You know, it is built around um, that relationship and and their willingness to really accept accept your leadership. That's I mean, that's simply how this league works anymore. And Bobby, those next tier teams in the Eastern Conference behind Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Philadelphia, where do you see those teams as we head into this Orlando restart? I think Toronto. Um, I think because they've gone through the adversity of losing Kawhi, um, basically everybody counting them out. Um, they've gone through a playoffs last year, although a lot different, you know, when you're on the road and, um, you know, you're in front of fans where this is going to be a neutral site. Um, I think how that, how much from a veteran standpoint, when you have Kyle and you have Marcus soul and you have Serge Ibaka 
and certainly where Pascal is at, you know, where, where he was before the season was postponed. And you've got a guy, Nick Nurse, who's probably one of the favorites to win coach of the year. Um, I, I think I think I look at Toronto as a threat to Milwaukee as that next tier. Certainly where Boston is with um, where, um, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, where Jason Tatum is right now, where he's kind of on that verge of being a franchise level player. Um I, but uh, but it all comes down to right, like what are the rosters going to look like at the end of July? What are the rosters going to look like in mid in mid August? Right, like who kind of ex- who gets through players not testing positive, injuries? Um, but for me, I think um, I, I really do think it's Toronto because I think they have such a good balance of that veterans, and then they have some of those younger players, and they've just been through this already. <clears throat> and this is going to be a mental grind. I mean, it's this is there's no um, sugarcoating it here. Um, you know, people will say, well, whoever wins is going to get an asterisk. And I think Doc Rivers said um, during the week, well, they should get a gold star, right? Like, you know, like this is not going to be an easy process here. Uh, uh, before, <clears throat> I agree with that. But w- what we're going to keep seeing and hearing about the building up of this championship, but I don't disagree with any of it. But we've heard Giannis talk about it. We've heard Doc talk about it. LeBron. The guys who have a chance to win a championship, what they're already doing is validating it. This is a legitimate chance. Not only is this a legitimate championship, this is this is better than all the rest of them. And <laughs> so, like we all, and I, I get it, and I understand why they're doing it. But I think we're going to hear so much of that as this goes on because, like, it's funny. I had a GM say to me, "Who's won? Uh, who's won uh, a championship?" Say to me that this is the worst possible scenario for the favorites and meaning the Lakers, the Clippers, maybe you, you put the Bucks in there, um, that the teams who don't win are going to take all the same grief that they would, that, that they're going to take all the same criticisms for not winning. And if they do win, it's going to be diminished in some ways by people that this is in that way, kind of a um, little bit of a, I don't want to say can't win, uh, but, but it's, it's, it, 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 you're going to take the crap. You're not going to maybe get all the credit for winning. And you can sort of see teams, uh, individuals and teams, you know, really pushing back against that as this thing starts, which, which I understand. Right. I am also interested. And that's, I, I think that's, that's absolutely uh, an interesting observation with those top teams. Um, I, I agree with, with both of you that Toronto, especially because they're healthy, Finally, for now, um, that's not a group we've seen all together on the floor healthy so far, really, this season. They kind of keep having one guy or another guy, one key piece out. And right now they're saying, no, we're, we're ready to go. I am interested to see, speaking of the um, asterisks, uh, you know, there won't be any uh, home court advantage that we, you know, in the same way that it usually is in a traditional season. And I'm curious what that means for Philadelphia because they have struggled so much on the road this season and have been excellent at home. And now, uh, you know, you're, you're seeing Brett Brown say Ben Simmons is ready to go after that bout with his back. Um, and will that make a difference for them that it's all neutral, that they don't have that big swing back and forth that they had that we saw all season? Will that play out in their favor? or to their detriment, because I think that could potentially be a secret sauce that they have up their sleeve. Yeah, I, I agree. I think for Philadelphia, Bobby, 
look, come on. We know what the criticism has been of this group is do they have enough leadership? Do their leaders lead? Uh, and this is going to be what Malika saying is exactly right because they are such a different team home and away. You know, some people could attribute that to your star players, to leadership. There, there's, there, that could be some of it. Uh, but I think this is a great opportunity for Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, especially, um, to validate their leadership of this group because we can go around some of these other elite teams and we can point to the guys that we know um, have built those reputations in a league. We know Ben Simmons and Joel are great players. Um, this is the next step for them. And I think Orlando is a great opportunity for them to show, hey, we can, we've evolved into those guys too. Well, yeah. I mean, I think where we were heading towards was this team was going to get knocked out in the first round, right? They were probably going to be the sixth seed and they would have probably got bounced out. And um, if they played Boston or Toronto or one of these teams, and I mean, they were soft on the road. <laughs> I mean, let's face it as far as, um, I'm just laughing because Malika is uh, doing technical work here <laughs> while we're watching her. I know exactly what happened. The battery was dying and she ran across the room and she got the charger because she was afraid the thing's at like 7%, right? Is that what happened there? Perpetually operating on 7%. <laughs> uh, back to the Sixers. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think – it's going to be interesting because let's face it on paper, right? There are, they are as talented as any team that's going to be there. When you look at with Ben healthy now, um, we didn't know if that was going to happen in mid mid April. We're, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting where Joel is health wise. I mean, physically wise, conditioning wise, that's going to be the, the million dollar question. And then, you know, we saw that Brett started to tinker with Horford coming off the bench. We saw Tobias play the four. What's he going to do with his, his lineup here? I think it's going to be fascinating how the Sixers' ownership evaluates Brett Brown, right? I mean, like, it's it's been known that, like, like they are expecting more than just losing in the first round and, and does this restart in Orlando and, and the situation and the, or the, the circumstances, does that change it a little bit, how they look at it? But yeah, I think Philadelphia is going to be certainly um, certainly intriguing. I think I think this might have saved them the restart as far as you know where we were heading towards because we saw um, we saw right around the All Star break, I don't know the the trade deadline, like they would go on the road and get just blown out, like they were not competitive at all. And I think it will be interesting as far as what we see, uh, you know, when we in in August here, Bobby Malika. Great to jump in with you guys. Have a great July 4th weekend. Malika, I will see you on the other side of July 4th. I will see you in Orlando or through plexiglass. <laughs> Malika has, there's about 10 boxes headed toward. So, so we ordered a ton of stuff that like we just knew we would need down there in the bubble. Like some of it was like as simple as like notebooks, batteries. Um, what was the thing? The uh, Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks coffee prepackaged. Prepackaged, yeah. And so I addressed them since I'm not getting there until like the twelfth. I addressed <laughs> I addressed them all to Malika at the uh, uh, hotel we're staying at uh, in Disney because uh, I figured if I put my name on it, I'm not there till the twelfth. They don't know who I am. When like do they just what do they do with it? So Malika's got like <clears throat> ten boxes from Amazon coming. Some of it, some of it, which might be relatable to her, 
uh, in terms of what's in there. Some of it was just stuff that I ordered. And so she's going to keep getting her red light and her room's going to be on. The front desk is going to be calling like, <laughs> like an, another box of like Clorox wipes headed headed her way. So I apologize for that. Malika, Malika did, you have to, did you have to ship? Malika, did you have to ship your clothes there? How did that work? Um, no, I just packed three suitcases worth of clothes. Um, and then I, I, I like stuffed my shoes around the edges so there's sometimes there's only one shoe of a set in one suitcase and the other shoe is in a different suitcase because it wouldn't fit in my tetris of packing um because that's really my secret talent like reporter cool but master packer is my true calling yeah, i would have packed three bag three bags of shoes i'm a, I'm, a, I'm an overpacker <laughs> of shoes <laughs> well M- malika told svp last night that she packed 27 dresses yeah. will, will yeah. they all be in the rotation will we only see you ever wear the same thing like three times that, well, that's if the you're, hope and the plan that's the hope and the plan is to mix and match so there's the illusion of something different every time oh, okay very <laughs> good well with the suits. well i uh yeah i will not be as uh you'll, you'll see a lot more repetition on tv with me and shoot, that's and that's the best part of being on TV, DSPN. Nobody sees your shoes, so. Yeah. Um, I've been rocking my green fuzzy socks for all my TV hits so far. So. <laughs> all right. Well, I will. I will see you there soon, Bobby. I will talk to you soon. Have a great July Fourth weekend, uh, Malika. Be careful on those runs to the ice machine at the end of your hallway in quarantine. I know that's about as far as you can go right now. So. Uh, uh, thanks for jumping in, guys. We'll, we'll talk soon. Thanks. Thanks so much. Hey, guys. Scott's turf builder, Triple Action, has acquired the secret to building a thicker, greener lawn. In return, they have taken all of the hard work out of the picture to give you more time to do nothing extra. People don't realize that it's easy to get the lawn of their dreams by simply feeding their lawn a few times throughout the year. Scott's turf builder, Triple Action, kills weeds, prevents crabgrass, and feeds to build thick green lawns. With Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action, you can finally get the lawn you've always dreamt of. Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action will give your yard the nourishment it needs to help your weak, thin lawn recover. When you feed with Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action multiple times throughout the year, your grass will be greener, stronger, and more resilient. Pick up a bag today. This is a Scott's yard. Also, Scott's no-quibble money-back guarantee states if you're not satisfied, you get your money back. This is a Scott's Yard. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Woj Pod. A big thank you to our guest today, ESPN's Malika Andrews and front office insider Bobby Marks. You can get new and archived episodes of the Woj Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to also listen to The Low Post with Zach Lowe, The Hoop Collective with Brian Windhurst, and the SVP Pod with the great Scott Van Pelt. Have a great July 4th weekend. We'll catch you next time.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply.